win the national championship game and score six points doing it, I will watch Sunrise on Bourbon Street, and I will not care. I'll buy all the time lost CDs I can find, and I will buy all the flags and the T-shirts. Uh, I'll make some, several vendors very rich in New Orleans, and I won't care what it looks like. Make that three in a row in another SEC East championship clinched at Jordan-Hare Stadium versus the Auburn Tigers. The Dogs are currently 9-1, and one, sitting at number four in the college football playoff rankings and coming home for Senior Day between the Hedges versus Texas A&M this coming Saturday. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 209 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Georgia wins 21-14 down on the plains of Auburn. That fourth quarter was a bit of a nail-biter, but the defense came up with some big plays on that last drive and sacked Auburn's chances of tying the game. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach via Skype. And on this short post-game show, we'll share our quick thoughts and observations on the big win by the Dogs, what that means for this team going forward, and Will delights in the antics of Kirby on the sideline after the victory was in hand. It's always fun to beat Auburn. Let's just jump on into it. Here's Will to get things started. Oh, hi, everyone. This is the podcast. I'm assuming Scott's already done the intro. Uh, 21-14, Georgia is the SEC East champion for the third consecutive season, as was pointed out. Kirby Smart is the first coach to win the SEC East three consecutive years since Steve Spurrier. Uh, so that's not just the visors that they have in common anymore. <laughs> I don't know how you guys felt uh, about that, I will say. Beginning of the fourth quarter... It felt like, uh, wow, this is actually the dominant win I was looking for. Obviously, Auburn made it a little hairy there at the end. There are still questions. Uh, everybody drinks. Seth Emerson pointed out the offense is still kind of sputtering a little bit considering the talent that it has. But, man, uh, they won at Auburn. I th- I'd argue other than the fourth quarter, they won rather convincingly at Auburn, and they are going to the SEC championship game. Well, in a lot of ways, when you got to the end of the third quarter, we thought this was going to be a field position, and whoever makes the most, Big plays, and at that point, that was Georgia. The problem, I guess, look at it this way: with a Kirby Smart coach team, twenty-one nothing is the most dangerous lead. It's the same as two 0 in soccer, right? Because you know what's coming. You know we're simply going to hand the ball off until you stop us. And Auburn planned for that. You have to give Gus Miles on credit. After we scored that third touchdown, they scored with their nicest-looking drive of. The game, it was basically the same drive Florida had against us late in the game. When, when they scored their late touchdown, it was a – they fought for every yard. You also have to give Auburn credit in that their defense is really good. That's easily the best defense we've faced this season. And that we were able to come up with some things, and we didn't simply stick our head in the sand and thought, well, we can just bash against you and win this game 10-7. to There was some recognition on Coley and, and Smart's part that we were going to have to do more than simply that to win, and they did it. We can have a lot of discussions about the yardage disparity. We can have a lot of discussions about how the offense looked. But we went, for the first time in Kirby Smart's era, on the road and beat what I say is a pretty decent football team, and we get to go back to the SEC championship. Yeah, I think that a lot of people could focus on the negatives for Georgia, and there were a lot of negatives, especially offensively. Uh, One of them that stood out to me was that 10 of the Bulldogs' 14 drives went for fewer than 10 yards and um, then it was compounded. It seemed like with all those three and outs in the fourth quarter, but like Tony said, you go down to Auburn. We've talked at length over the past two years, ever since that 2017 game where Georgia got boat raced by Auburn. We've talked about 
how difficult of a place to play that Jordan Hare is. And the fact that you build up a 21 point lead, Hey, to the victor goes the spoils and they held on for dear life. The stats are ugly offensively, but the last thing you'll ever hear out of my mouth is one complaint with a seven point win versus Auburn at Auburn. Uh, Georgia now has won 60 games in the series, which ranks, I think, third from the teams that Georgia plays a lot, where they have 67 wins versus Georgia Tech. And yeah, no, it's second. Second most wins versus any opponent that Georgia plays is against Auburn. Georgia's beat Kentucky 59 times. So that puts it into some perspective that this is a historic win. They're going to the SEC championship game for the third straight year. And I got no complaints. It's funny because uh, so much of this, see, you're right about the, there's so many three and outs, and particularly three and outs at bad times. Like where the last three and out, they could have just clinched it right there. Just one, one first down. And, and I think there is, you know, I mean, Kirby Smart is a conservative play caller when he has a lead. He's a conservative play caller and he doesn't have a, have a, have a lead. And you saw the Auburn come back. Once they get that first touchdown, even when they didn't get that onside kick, you're like, ah, I feel like uh, I feel like Auburn. Auburn. The crowd was going, and you could see Georgia offensively was going to kind of play into their hands a little bit, and that's true. <laughs> uh, that said, um, I, as I think we probably had the first from boner in a couple of months on that first uh, that first touchdown pass. An absolute gorgeous pass, the pass that we've kind of been waiting for him to be able to hit all year. And the one that we all keep talking about when they play the big boys, whether it's Auburn or whether it's uh, it's LSU, those are the kind of passes he's going to have to complete. He did. That was a gorgeous pass, that first touchdown. And again, the, your 2-0 analogy, Tony, is really good because once Georgia took that lead— there would be no more passes like that. <laughs> that was not, that, that's not how the game plan was going to be. It still feels like there is a lot to be squeezed out of this offense. There's a lot more in there uh, that, that you need to shake the bottom of the box. There's some fries at the bottom of the bag uh, that are being left behind. But defensively, I for a while I thought they're gonna they're gonna shut Auburn out. <laughs> like it really did kind of feel like that. Uh, they, until that drive, I felt like wow, that would be about as definitive of a stance you could get. The defense, to me, uh, this is a surprise. This is the thing that we were worried about at the beginning of the year. Would the defense be able to keep up with the offense? And now it's the defense that has basically won them the SEC East. SEC East. You talk about uh, what Jake hooked up with Dominic Blaylock there. I called all the doctors because what I had lasted way more than four hours. And um, <laughs> you know, getting to the defense, I couldn't allow myself to think that we would shut Auburn out. Uh, because Gus Masson is, he, despite having a freshman quarterback, he has a decent offense, and he's a really good offensive play caller. It really feels like on that second touchdown that he had a scripted set of plays for exactly that situation because they did everything differently than they did in the, every other drive they had, which was interesting to me, but it, it worked, obviously. And, of course, it's keyed by the um, you know the closest thing to uh, blown pass coverage that we've seen, like fighting on the inside move or the double move. That happened on that play. That's the, the first play there gained, what, 29 yards. That really sprang. Oh, and frankly, that's what Malzahn wants to do, right? He wants to pick up a, a chunk yardage on that first play in a drive or off a of first down and then hurry you up and get you off balance. And that was, I mean, it happened a couple times in, in that first drive where they missed the field goal. It happened a couple times in the long touchdown drive. But that was the only time I can say definitively that we had, uh, we really were playing 
with uh, you know playing back on our heels, not be able to, to handle what Auburn was throwing. I, I, I really thought Kirby might call a timeout there. Um, and, and one last thing, you know, look, DeAndre Swift had 100 yards rushing against that defense. And I would venture to say, just the eyeball test says that 90 of those yards came after contact. So I, I take that back. He had one run that was a, a fairly long run where he, he got he got free, but 75 yards came after contact. That's really all you can ask for in playing an SEC West team that is second-best defensive team in the conference. And I'm with you, Scott. It's hard to be disappointed going to Auburn and coming out with a win. It could have been 3-2, to two, and I would take the hit for that later, but I'd still be ecstatic. Yeah, I saw a, um, a, t- a tweet from somebody that was at the game. I think it was an Auburn fan, and they were talking about how the crowd was into it. And they do something. I guess it's been a while. It has been a while since I've been down to a game a, a game down there. But they, they lock arms and sway, and it's, it's pretty intimidating. But then I also saw another tweet uh, from a Georgia fan, and there were quite a few uh, road dogs there because when the fourth quarter came, uh, there was a pan around the stadium and all along the top deck and some filtered uh, down in the lower part, uh, you see the lights come on and the Krypton fanfare. So I think Georgia plays, I mean, it's obvious Georgia plays to its competition. They almost play to the flow of the game where sure it was frustrating that Georgia went three and out nine times, which was four more than Auburn went three and out, but that was kind of the flow. It just kind of seemed like it matched the flow and and when it comes to playing A and M and Georgia Tech and then LSU, I just have a feeling that whatever uh, the flow of the game feels like, I think Georgia's going to do a pretty good job of matching that. If if Joe Burrow comes out in the SEC championship game and starts ripping it down the field, I just have a, a feeling that Kirby's going to put his hand on Jake's shoulder and say, "Hey man, just remember what you did last year in the SEC championship game. Let's do that again, except win it this time." So. Uh, hats off to the defense. One of the stats that stood out to me was that the Tigers uh, offense finished the game with three incompletions by uh, Knicks, who was kind of on fire in the fourth quarter. And then that sack by Trayvon Walker, um, true freshman, uh, just coming around on that uh, blitz, you know, that stunt that he went on. Uh, you could almost see it in slow motion that you knew that Georgia was going to win the game right before he wrapped him up. And it was, it was kind of like a feeling reminiscent of when Sony broke through on the Oklahoma defense where he hadn't scored yet, but you knew he was about to, that's the same feeling I got when uh, Walker uh, sacked Knicks to end the game. You know, uh, there's been so much kind of written about uh, nationally about this Georgia team and whether they're, I would say that, um, if Georgia makes the playoffs, I don't know how happy people are going to be naturally, nationally about it. Not because they don't think that Georgia deserves it, but I think there's a perception that Georgia is a little less fun to watch, a little less exciting. And I, Absolutely. And I think there has been a certain um, begrudging, like, plotting, like, we are winning and we are winning in not always the most exciting ways, and but they're doing it. And I think uh, Spencer Hall had a really good thing about this uh, uh, for Banner Society yesterday about how he's like, it's just so hard to watch Georgia win sometimes because, like, you look up and Nick Fromm throws for 100 yards, but they're all, like, really key yards and they're all at the right times and they're not that exciting and they, and they, don't, put, they don't push it that hard. And yet... Uh, I think, and I would say also, you've seen this. I think from the staff a little bit, and just generally the vibe around the team. Uh, it was kind of fun to see fun Kirby uh, yesterday. It had been a while, to be <laughs> honest. Obviously, he obviously had fun in the locker room after Florida, but like this was. I wrote a piece for Sports on Earth after the Oklahoma game uh, a couple years ago, just writing about how 
actually fun it is to watch him coach sometimes. That that kind of exuberance and whatever I find, I, I I've certainly uh, had my fair share of uh, frustrations with him in the way that in the kind of the, as the public face of the program, and sometimes the way that he interacts. Although I think the way that uh, he insult, I would argue, insulted the fans uh, earlier this year. I think that he hasn't always gotten that part of the job right. But it is a reminder. It is really fun. And it's fun to watch your coach get knocked over by one of his players when he's celebrating. Uh, that was that was kind of a, a, a very amusing moment. It was a reminder that, like, for all the you know self seriousness and and uh, man ball stuff that that is that can be honest. As much as we uh, enjoy this team and, and root for Georgia, can be a little exhausting sometimes. It can be a little bit of a drag at times. Uh, when you have something like that, when you see how joyous he was, and I think the team was, I still think it's a little bit too much of that. They didn't believe in that guy Jake Fromm business, which is not true. <laughs> Nobody believed that. I, I think that's a myth that the team has created to make itself fired up. No fan was ever like, Jake Fromm stinks. We don't want him as our quarterback anymore. I never met that person. But if it helps fire them up, that's fine. It was in, fun to see joy. And listen, we talked about this the kind of the build up to the SEC championship last year, when a lot of people didn't think they were going to win, Georgia will not be favored in it this year. There is a sense of things starting to come together a little bit. The team is not perfect to any stretch of the imagination. The offense has a lot of issues. But there's a good vibe rolling in a way that uh, really for a large part of their season, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a good vibe. And uh, uh, I think they picked the exact right time for that to happen. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And like what we're seeing is 2012 Alabama. I mean, that's what we're seeing. This is actually the team that Spencer Hall long lamented about crockpotting and, you know, they pick you up until you kick yourself to death. I mean, there were very few of those games where they played really good opponents where the games were even close. Um, the one thing I think is different is that um, now the high-scoring offenses have, have moved to teams other than the big, you know, ha-ha-ha, LOL, Big 12. Georgia does get compared offensively unfavorably, but as a Georgia fan, I don't give a crap. I am fine with this. I, I mean, I, I tweeted last night, I'm getting too old for this, and I feel like I am, but, you know, as long as prohibition doesn't come back in, I can survive it. Um <laughs> But but the reality is, is that, you know, this is the actual end result when you think about the talent Georgia has and when you think about the quarterback Georgia has, that is the the easiest way. If you were to sit down and draw up, this is how we can assure ourselves the best opportunity to win and make at least number of mistakes, which is Kirby Smart's philosophy. And if you expect anything different out of this Georgia team, you know, look, I, I say that, and then we turn around and score 54 against Texas A&M. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm fine with that, too. But keep winning football games. I don't care what we look like. I swear, if we win the national championship game and score six points doing it, I will watch Sunrise on Bourbon Street, and I will not care. I'll buy all the time-lost CDs I can find, and I will buy all the flags and the T-shirts. Uh, I'll make some several vendors very rich in New Orleans, and I won't care what it looks like. And you know what this game does, this win, and having the SEC East title in hand, it makes for quite a fun tailgate this coming Saturday, 3.30 kickoff. Yeah. It's the last one. Everybody's going to savor it. Everybody's going to be in a good mood. I'm going to predict that this is going to rival the Notre Dame tailgate uh, in just the, the energy and the vibe. So I'm looking forward to Saturday. 
330 is perfect. And then, listen, one more, one more, and then we get to uh, then we get to have the 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 big tailgate again, which is uh, back at the SEC. Because I, I have to say, I do not have to cancel my hotel. I'm pleased to report, I have my my hotels there. Uh, we have it. Uh, forgive me, I'm a little wobbly today. I was at Jason Isbell on Saturday night, a full day. Went to a, a great show, uh, by the way, and um, so positive all around. But yeah, full day of drinking, then a full night of uh, Jason Isbell. So uh, I'm uh, I'm less I'm more machine than man uh, now. Um, Scott, do you want to start us off with our uh, one good thing, bad thing, and then the something other thing? Just something other thing. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I guess we'll say that this uh, good, bad, and ugly. No, I'm sorry. It's not ugly. A good, bad, and something else uh, is sponsored by Five Points Bottles because you can get something good at Five Points Bottles. Uh, you can get something bad, meaning like you could just go in there and browse and window shop, and that would be bad. And then uh, something else is uh, what happens after you drink liquid that makes you feel different. Not how you say it, Will. <laughs> <laughs> There's liquid. You will, they have a whole bunch of bottles, and if you drink from the bottles, you will feel differently afterward. That's that is the that That's is the five points bottle shop promise. <laughs> I'm gonna get that down eventually. So yeah, I'll start off with something good. I gotta hand it to Jalen Hurts, man. I watched that Oklahoma Baylor game, and he had three horrible turnovers. Uh, and just the fact that I mean they're down so much, and they could come back, and and just he has that will. Uh, where he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, really enjoy, you know, I know he's broken Georgia's hearts uh, at Alabama. I'm glad he's at Oklahoma, but I've enjoyed his career. I've actually used his demeanor to coach my boys on how not to get too high or too low during a game. And that was the epitome of him last night. So I'm, I'm really happy for Jalen Hurts. Uh, the bad uh, Baylor. Yeah, they, they blew a lead, a big lead. But what I hate that they do is they put these green panels up like they're hiding something and it gets in the way of the TV cameras. I think it's quite pretentious. I've never seen another team do that. And so that annoys me. That's bad. And then the something else is uh, Missouri. I've never seen a team that's more in love with changing their uniform combination week to week because you never see them in the same uh, uniform. And yesterday they honored for the Veterans Day celebration the Top Gun 50th anniversary, and they had the Navy insignia on one side of the helmet and the numbers also, which in the Navy, that represents the plane or the ship, the three-digit number, and what they did was they let the players put their area code on it. So I thought that was pretty awesome uh, with uh, Missouri doing that. Okay, my good. My good is, hey, guys, for a college football season, it was looking like a foreground conclusion a month ago. Four of the five power conferences are likely to have one or no lost team in the championship games. That's pretty good for the sport. Uh, the bad, guys, we can have a long debate about whether Tua should have been playing, but that injury is just, it's not great for college football. I hate it for Tua. I hate it for Alabama. I hate it for Nick Saban because he's going to get excoriated over this. It's just bad. And that's just bad. But something else, oh, row your boat. Row your boat. You've got <laughs> Iowa, guys. Uh, Minnesota got an Iowa. That's something else. All right. Uh, the good uh, for me uh, is that my little Illinois moment, they didn't play, and it was the most relaxing, awesome, stress-free weekend of Illinois football in probably 10 years. Just like, hey, they won. They're in the bowl. Oh, look at all you teams playing your games. Good for you. Good for you. You're playing football. We don't have to do that because we're in a bowl. Uh, the the bad uh, for me. Remember when Wake Forest was supposed to be like the other team, the the, the best game that that, that Clemson was going to face, uh, fifty two to three. By the way, uh, Clemson. Mm-hmm. I know Clemson has not played anyone, but uh, 
They kind of seem like they got it figured out now. Maybe there was a little stretch where it looked bad. It kind of feels like it's coming together now. So uh, not so uh, not so great on that one. And uh, there's something else. How about App State winning at the old Turner Field? I just like the idea that that, that uh, teams in the top 25 or uh, just in the top 25 are playing. Georgia State's get like I know they're in the same conference and everything, but it is a goal of mine to eventually get every top 25 team to play at the old SunTrust or to play at the old Turner Field. Otherwise, gents. Um, Congratulations. We know exactly what we're doing on December 7th. Yes, December 7th. We know exactly what we're doing. We'll be watching the Georgia Bulldogs play the LSU Tigers in the SC Championship game. Let's just make sure it's not a game where Georgia's trying to be the spoiler. Let's make it the game where they're trying to actually get there. Good times, gentlemen. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back recording on Tuesday of this week to preview the Texas A&M game. Make sure to send any comments or questions for the show via Twitter or Instagram. Our handle for both is at WSLS Podcast. And that's it for the outro. We'll see you on campus this Saturday. And as always, go dogs.